0: so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam and this is Publishing Secrets. Do you feel like you have an uphill battle as you think about writing your book? Maybe just considering all the things that you do not know. You know, what's the difference between self-publishing and traditional publishing? You know, what are the different steps that I need to take, and how in the world am I going to figure all of this out by myself? If that's what you're thinking, you've gotta tune in to this week's interview. It's my pleasure to have Zelia Dodd with us. And when you talk about an uphill battle with English not being her first language and not understanding tech, still somehow, some way, through God's grace, she was able to put together a book that I believe will be a blessing to parents and educators everywhere. She talks about something that we don't often talk about in Christian circles, the birds and the bees. And she's on a mission to make sure that kids understand that their body is a gift from God and that the Holy Spirit could guide them even at a young age to know what is right and what is wrong. I'm telling you this book is going to be a blessing and so is Zelia's testimony. I pray that it inspires you to push past the obstacles, to face your fears, to do it afraid, and watch God move. Enjoy. Thank you so much for being here on Publishing Secrets. It's been my honor to talk to you for a few minutes as we were preparing for this interview. And I'm excited about what the audience is going to learn, not only about your journey as an author, but the mission. That's how I would describe it. The mission that God has called you to. So let's start at the beginning. Tell us about you, about who you are and what kind of led you to write
1: this amazing book. Thank you, Tamara. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am Zalia. I'm a South African that immigrated to the Netherlands. I'm a mommy. I am a teacher. I think I'm an artist. And uh, I wrote my first book because I really believe God put this very, very pressing passion into my heart about sexuality. Since I got saved, I realized my calling a few months later at Bible College, like I told you. And um it has been burning in me ever since, and I've educated myself in it. I've done courses, I've done training, and um, through the years, I didn't realize uh, God's going to, you know, it's going to take 20 years for me to get ready. But um, 20 years later, he released me, and then when he said, it's time to write my book, I, I couldn't stop writing. Yes, so um, it's uh, for Christian parents, and it's all about how to help a parent in the area of training their children in the area of sex and sexuality. Kids have many questions, parents have many questions, very urgent questions, especially in today's world where we are bombarded with sexual imagery every day. What do we as parents do? How do we protect our children? We can't lock them up in a room. How do we equip them? Because we have to equip them. And I believe that my book have tools in for every single parent that are serious about raising young healthy adults with a healthy attitude towards sex and their own sexuality I believe it can really make a difference in how you parent in this area and I want parents to know that there is hope and there is there's lots of answers and I think I can I can help with that I really can the birds the bees in the bible is a it's not a biography it's not a my own personal journey. It's a practical tool. And I believe it's practical enough to give you step-by-step instructions as a parent. What do I say when my kid asks this question, this embarrassing question? What do I do when my child comes home and he tells me the story? How do I act? I think it answers a lot of questions that parents will have, especially Christian parents.
0: Yeah. And that's huge because I've shared with you, I don't remember if the conversation happened, it wasn't impactful because I can't search back in my mind and remember having this conversation with my parents around this topic. And I grew up in church. So I was in church since I was age nine. And I think this, you know, looking back over my experience growing up, this was a very uncomfortable topic in Christian circles. So I think the typical default is we're not going to talk about this. And your message is, no, we absolutely need to talk about it because if you're not talking about it, then they're getting that information from somewhere else. So this book, The Birds, the Bees, and the Bible is designed to help parents that may be struggling with how to have that conversation and to guide them through that process. And I think this is so, so important. So I'm excited for those that are listening that may be in that situation right now and really need this book you know what's interesting about this too is that this was a journey for you that started when you were 23 years old yes. sitting in class so tell us a little bit about this I know we talked about it, but the audience missed it so tell us a little bit about this class that you were going through and what happened to you as you were sitting there
1: well like I said, I just got saved, and a few months later, I found myself in Bible college. Like you know, God has um, different ideas <laughs> for one's life, and um, yes, the the students. Um, we had different courses in this specific year, and uh, one of the fields that they wanted to equip us in was sexuality. So they got in Dr. Darlene Edwards Mayer, a sexuality specialist, and uh, she. Did her master's and doctor's degree in this field. And she wrote courses and workshops that she presents to churches, youth leaders, students, young people, universities. And um, yes, she came to the Bible college and we had a two or three day workshop with her. And I was just hanging on her lips. I was so absorbed in what she was saying. I was like a sponge taking up all this information. I found it so interesting. And I find this excitement in my heart, which I haven't had for all the other topics, you know, hmm. Christianity and Bible stuff is very interesting. And it was great. And I learned so much, but that topic stood out for me. And I wanted to know more. And at the end of the three days, she asked who wants to be involved or help or assist her. And my hand was up first, you know, pick me, pick me. I was so want to be part of this. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm there. I just believe in what you're saying, and. um yeah, she she was very excited to take me on board. And through the years that followed, she she trained me in facilitation skills. She showed me what to do, what to speak about. I took her courses. I read her books. I read her everything. Everything I, I just could eat up, I did. And um, yeah, she became my mentor, a spiritual mentor. She became a friend. And over the years, we, we shared our knowledge and we trained other parents together. And now it's 20 years later, And uh, I'm, you know, an adult myself now, but I don't see you think you're an adult when you're 23. You think you're, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) you think we know everything, but we don't, (laughs) but um, I think God wanted me to have some experience first in being a mother and knowing how it feels to really love your, your children and want to protect them against all the dangers in the world, especially Mm. when it comes to sexuality and what our kids are exposed to today. So I don't know why 20 years, I don't even know why he allowed me to, to grow up in a country where Afrikaans was my first language. I mean, my book's in English. That's the only way to reach the world. Why did God want me to write it in English? And I'm Afrikaans and I'm struggling with English. It's my second language. My grammar is not good. I just personally think God likes the South African accent, just to be I think he loves that it? <laughs> <I bet> it. <laughs> That's why. That's why. <laughs> but um yes, I got through this journey by researching what I need to do to get this message out. I could not not get involved. I was drawn to it, and that is when God deposited the calling in my heart. And I knew, don't know how I know, it was just something in me. And it never left me. It never got bored for me. It's not something I I stopped being interested in. And mm. here I am 20 years later and I had to write about it. (laughs) I had to write about it. Wow. I mean, that's so
0: powerful because I believe that when something won't let us go, that's a sure sign that God is calling us to it because our minds are all over the place. We get ideas that come and go. We get interests that come and go. But when something really sticks with us like this, it's because God has a calling for us around that. So just hearing you sharing your story at 23 years old, being arrested really by this topic and being interested in it. And then as we were talking earlier, I mean, throughout this 20 year period, you're working, you're raising kids, you're doing all of these things. So it wasn't like there was all this abundance of time to dedicate to this topic, but you were so passionate about it that you found the time. And I think that's That's a message for, for others that are listening to us is, listen, it may not always be convenient. It may not always be easy, but when God is calling you to something and it won't let you go, he will give you the grace to be able to juggle it along with everything else that you're dealing with. And that, that is so powerful. So 20 years later, You realize that you want to write a book, but there's some, you know, I think what's cool about your journey and everyone's journey is that there are people that are integral in our growth and development along the way. And you talked about Dr. Darlene and being in her class, but there's another individual, Rika, (laughs) who kind of nudged you into this journey to write the book. So tell us about Rika's role
1: in the birds, the bees, and the Bible. Well, Rika is is one of my best friends. We immigrated together to the Netherlands, her family and my family, about the same time. And uh, I was very frustrated here in a country where I couldn't speak the language. I could understand it, but I couldn't speak it. And I couldn't get my message out. I wanted to to spread what I've learned. I was ready. I, I was ready to present workshops to parents. I was ready. I tried, but I couldn't speak the language. And it was so frustrating. And I was one day sitting with her here. We had tea. And I told her, I don't know what to do. I was just moaning. I was just complaining. (laughs) And it was an ugly cry. I'm telling you, I was not happy. And I was moaning. And she just said, you know what? Why don't you just write a book? Just write about it. And suddenly it was like the fog lifted. Hmm. And it was the answer I've been waiting for. Just suddenly I didn't expect it. I didn't go looking for a solution. My solution in my head, my filters, you know, when you have, these things the horses wear, so that they don't look to the if left. If only one. they could see you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it felt like I was looking through a binocular, let me rather use that term, yeah. Yeah. and I could only look in front of me and there was, I couldn't see to the left or right. I had this idea in my head, this is the only way to get the message out, and I was stuck with that image. And when Rika said, why don't you just write the book, It just makes sense. But of course, I must write a book. Why haven't I thought about it? And then I started the next morning. I could not wait a day longer. I opened my laptop and I started writing. And it just poured out of me in absolutely no order whatsoever. It was like I told you earlier, it's like vomiting. And I vomited for four months, five months. And it just came out of me. I couldn't stop. My kids had to go to school quickly in the morning. I chased them out the door and I stepped right next to behind my computer. And I started typing, 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 typing mm-hmm. until they got home, made them food, go away. And I typed, typed, type, typed, typed type, type, type. <laughs> Every night, every night, every night, my husband, he ate so much, many leftovers. Shame. I was no. going to say he's starving. <laughs> <laughs> he's not I, getting any well, good meals. <laughs> yes, but he he told me he saw something in me that he haven't seen before. I've worked so hard during that four months writing and it energized me. It didn't tap my energy. He saw that it made me happy and I was smiling. And he said, I love you even more now. You're such a nice wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. It sounds like he was just touched by your passion around the topic that he was like,
1: I want to support you in doing what you love doing. Very supportive. I'm very grateful for your support. And the fact that he didn't moan that he ate lasagna five nights in a row. (laughs) Bless his heart. (laughs) You've got
0: a good man on your hands for sure. But, you know, it's interesting too to even hear you talk about how once that idea came, it's just like the words just started pouring out and you took every little bit of time that you could To capture those words, but it also wasn't in a nice, neat little structure. And that's how we would like for things to happen, but that wasn't your journey. So you've got four or five months of all this writing that's happening.
1: Tell us about what happened next and how that turned into a book. Yes, I wrote and wrote and wrote. And in the end, I got 60, 70 pages on my laptop and it was all mixed up. And I realized that. When I looked at my end product now, what is chapter three in my book was what I started with when I started writing. And it was like just long essays. There was not many paragraphs. There were no headings, no subheadings, nothing like that. It was, there was no structure. And it was like, I had to look at this vomit in front of me and I had to to sort the peas and the carrots into groups, you know? So there you go there. And even that part of the journey, I I really enjoyed because I I like putting things where it belongs and Mm -hmm. how it makes sense in my head. And during that process, I added to writing, I took stuff away, I rewrote certain parts. Yes, some parts I looked at and I thought, what was I even thinking? And other parts, oh yeah, I haven't said enough. And one paragraph became 10 more pages. And that's how it went back and forth and back and forth. And in the end, after a few months of doing that, because, you know, I'm still a mom and I'm still a wife. And even though I worked so hard writing and, you know, sorting everything out, there's still a life around me, which I have to be part of, which sometimes frustrates me because all I wanted to do was just get this out. (laughs) One day I woke up and I knew I was done. It was like the tap closed. Hmm. And I knew God say, okay, writing part is over. Now let's get to that point where we present it into a good manuscript. And let's, let's start making it now into a refined, excellent product that we can put into the world out there. And that is where I had to now start looking for an editor. Because like I said, English is my second language. And um, I know there's a lot of grammar mistakes. But I didn't let that language hold me back, even though it was a fear in the beginning. I must just add that. English is not something that I believe I'm very good in. It's not something that I think, um, you know, when I read other people's books, especially these academic people, that's so clever. And, right. you know, C.S. Lewis and all these other famous people. And I think that there's no way I can write like that. I don't write like that. I write housewife level. You know, and I don't mean it in a degrading way. I mean, right. I mean practical. As a mom and as myself, we're practical. I don't have time to figure out this new English word and get a dictionary and Google. What does this mean? I don't. It must be make sense immediately. And I think my writing is plain and practical and it's straightforward and it's easy to read and it makes sense. And that's what I tried to do while I was doing this. So yes, editor, come on board how I met her. I don't know. Should I tell how I met my editor? Yes. Yes. That's a great
0: story. They've got to hear how you met the editor in it. It really speaks to also what I've heard you say throughout our conversation is that you were seeking God as you were going through this entire process. And I think that's also a huge, huge nugget for our audiences. Yes. You've been called to do this. Yes. You're passionate about it, but don't leave God out of the journey that you're on because he can, order your steps, he could direct you to the right people, he could tell you when to stop and to move on to the next phase of the process. And so this story that you're about to share around the editor just helps to underscore that. So let yeah, let's talk about how you found the person that helped take that raw manuscript and make it into something that could really impact lives.
1: Yes, well, when I finished writing and I felt my manuscript was now ready, I actually really didn't know what to do next. Um, I've never published a book before, I've heard about the traditional publishing way. I've heard about self-publishing and I had no idea what was the difference. I thought, okay, obviously I must go to traditional route. And I did a bit of research, but they wanted an edited manuscript. Hmm. And I thought, okay, so my first step is an editor. I need an editor. And um, that was when I went on my journey looking. So the first thing that we do these days is we Google, we don't pray. And uh, I went on Google and uh, I found this Place It looks all fancy. And I said, listen, please, um, how much do you charge? What is it? How does it work? And they said, send a first chapter. And I did. And um, they read it and said, no, thank you. (laughs) Because they are clearly not into this type of topic. And I was like shocked because I thought everyone would be interested in what I have mm. to say, which is not the case because it, I wrote for very specific target markets. And I realized then God told me, you need a specific editor. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I sought him and I asked God, listen, I, I need somebody that understands the heart behind this. Otherwise, you know, I don't want somebody to edit out God's words. Mm. I want somebody that understand God's words and help me to put it in a way that makes sense to other people so that the message is even clearer. And um, I prayed a lot. And I said to God, listen, I actually want a mom or a dad. I want somebody that knows the urgency of the message. Um, Sexuality and our children, it's urgent. There's a massive problem in the world. And we as parents need to, we need to wake up it's serious we need to deliberately and intentionally parent sexuality we cannot just leave it for the world to do and i want somebody that can understand that and i thought a mom would do it so i asked God, okay it must be a mom or dad it must be obviously a christian because a christian understand god's intent for our sexuality and it's a gift and how to steward this feelings we have in our bodies as we grow up and how can we train this to our kids i want I wanted somebody that understand that and um, that also had the heart for this yes and um, somehow by doing a bit more on Facebook I, I ended up on this church I used to attend back in South Africa on their Facebook page and I saw this lady's name with in brackets editor behind it and it looked like through the Facebook page that she was working at this church so I thought okay this sounds good and I contacted her Yes, and that is how our journey started. She was immediately interested. Uh, It was also her first book that she edited. And we just connected. You know, she's, I think, like 15 years younger than me. And um, also an Afrikaans-speaking lady. And I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe I should have asked God that she should have been an English-speaking lady. But this was not the type of editing where I wanted to check my grammar immediately. I wanted to first test what I said what does it is there truth to it am I wrong or right is it biblical her, they are pastors themselves a husband and um, I want them to check everything that I say Is so it scriptural does it come across okay as a mom as a parent is this helpful how did I put it does it flow good will other parents also be interested and see where I'm going with this And uh, she helped me with that whole journey. And the bonus was that she's extremely good in English and she could help me and assist me with that. I did have to find a proofreader also because that is just what you do. If you're so close to your work and your writing, you don't see the mistakes later on. And um, the proofreader also picked up things that we didn't realize. I mean, there was at a stage, two paragraphs that we repeated and we didn't even realize it we went over it and over it and over it and we didn't realize it you just need a fresh set of eyes Yeah, and so that's how I met my editor it's a wonderful lady a mommy and a a wonderful Christian woman that helped me so much but I want to add to this when she was like halfway through the book she phoned me one day and she was crying Mm. and um, I thought but what's wrong she said you know what she grew up in a in a very conservative home when it comes to sexuality. And when she was going through the book, she was set free of wrong mindsets. It changed even her marriage and how she relate to her husband because of wrong mindset she had. And um, that was so meaningful to me. And I think when I heard that, I knew that even if she's the only one ever that read what I, what I wrote, <laughs> it was worth it for me at that stage. It made a difference in one person's life, in one person's marriage. And she's already implementing the principles that's in the book. She's already implementing it into her children, as young as they are, because we need to start with them young. We can't wait until they're 12 and then we give them the ones of talk. That is way too late. In -hmm. fact, they will tell you if you wait till then. So
0: You're right about it. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> In today's day and age, you're absolutely right and that was one of the things that I appreciated about your book for the audience because we definitely want you to check out this book is that you kind of broke this into stages. So, this age group, here are the things that you need to talk about and then when you get over the age of 12, here are the things that you need to talk about and don't stop talking about it. Never um, stop just because you've had one. yeah, just because you've had one conversation about it doesn't mean then, okay, I get a check now and I can move on because your point is really valid. This is something that's being talked about in their daily life. And if someone is not speaking about it and what God says about the topic and teaching them, I want to talk about this a little bit to recognize God's voice, then they're going to just have more of the other way of thinking versus what God is teaching us and God wants us to respect our bodies. So let's talk about this a little bit. You mentioned that chapter three is actually where you started writing. And that was one of the pieces that really captured my attention. You talked about teaching children in this journey of learning sexuality to be able to recognize and obey God's voice why is that so important from your perspective? And how does it fit into this conversation around sexuality? Yes, I can understand
1: that it might not make sense, but if we can teach our young ones to hear God's voice, we give them such a better chance to be safe. Now, chapter three is all about sexual safety. And like we spoke earlier, as an adult, as a Christian adult, we have the whole of Holy Spirit in us. We don't have a little portion of him. When you get saved, God dump his whole Holy Spirit in you with all his gifts, with everything. And also in a child. And that is what I realized through my journey throughout these past few years. A child doesn't have a different Holy Spirit or a smaller portion of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's got the same amount, if you want to call it that, he's got the same spirit that raised lazarus from the dead Mm -hmm. he's got the same spirit in that little body we think because they're younger it's different but it's not and they can also hear god's voice in fact i think they can hear it even clearer than us they don't have filters or they don't have so much lies they believe or so much hurt maybe in their past like adults we trust god and we learn to walk with him but if you find him at a young age it's even better You learn your daddy's voice and you believe every single word. There's nothing of humans that came in and took that away. And if we can teach our children to hear God's voice, to recognize when he's speaking, and there's different ways to do that. We are equipping them to help themselves in dangerous situations where we are not around. And that's why it's super important to understand that a child definitely has the ability as soon as they can start talking, and you, as soon as you are starting to teach them about Jesus, that they have the ability to recognize his voice, God gave them the ability to do what he's saying and to take their authority in Jesus and make a difference in this world, to stand up for themselves. They have the same ability than us. And to teach them sexual safety in chapter three, that's a vital piece of the puzzle. You cannot teach sexual safety And you don't show them how to use the authority that they have in Jesus. And it's easy to teach them that. There are ways to do that.
0: Yes. They've got to get this book, The Birds, The Bees, and the Bibles, for help with that. Because, you know, I love the way you structured. And I know that you felt like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, (laughs) English is my language, all of this. But what I appreciated, one of the things, many things that I appreciated about your book is that there was this section of, okay, let's make it practical. So, you've talked about it, you know, and here's kind of my belief and philosophy about it. Here's what God's word says about it. But how do we take what I just talked about and make it easy for you to have the conversation? You actually give us, you know, give parents and those that care about children bullets of here are the specific things that you need to talk about. So, for someone that's struggling, that's hearing this podcast right now, you're going to see that all the things that you're wondering about are covered in this book. And you're going to be equipped to not only teach them about the birds and the bees, but the important piece that you're bringing into the picture is the Bible. I mean, I love the scripture references. All of these things are coming together to give kids, whether you have kids or not, the kids that you care about a chance to be safe in this world. I love that what you talked about, there's so much craziness going on whether it's in the U.S. or the Netherlands or anywhere, there's so much craziness going on and we cannot be with the people that we love all the time, but God is always with them. And if we can teach them to listen to God's voice, then we can have some peace that they are okay because they know how to communicate with God. So I want to help you get this message out. So in just a minute, we're going to talk a little bit about how people can do this but you know, for the author that's listening to you and they're, and they're struggling with timing, I wanna talk about this a little bit because as we were preparing for the interview, we talked about how amazing this editor was and how God sent you the right person so he answered your prayer, but there was a gap. There were some challenges timing-wise with this. And there may be someone that's listening right now that feels like this needs to happen right now. As a matter of fact, It needs to have happened yesterday because I need to get my message out there. Tell us a little bit about the challenge that you ran into
1: and the revelation that God gave you around that. Well, I'm one of those people that waiting is not my strong point. I I absolutely hate it. And uh, it's something, especially as an artist and painter, I want something. I want to paint it and it must be perfect. And if it's not, I get frustrated and I sit back and I feel sorry for myself. And then I don't want to touch a canvas again. And maybe in a few months, I will look at it again. And it's a a horrible, frustrating feeling. I want things to work immediately. If I'm upset, I want to talk about it now. If I have a little fight with my husband, he must come to me and we sort it out now. Husbands don't work like that. I've learned the hard way. (laughs) That's a little tip for somebody out there that that doesn't work. (laughs) Not at all. Anyways, so with the editor, um, yes, she was excited to get on board And I send them my manuscript. And a few weeks later, you know, nothing is really happening. And I'm getting frustrated. And um, I thought, well, was this actually not the right person? But then she said, listen, I've got two little girls, two children, and uh, they're babies. And it's hard. It's hard to sit and find the time. Her husband is in full-time ministry. And she is at home with the children. She cannot be interrupted when she's working through. And, you know, you have to concentrate on every single letter sentence word structure everything and as she tried to explain to me that it was hard for her and then COVID lockdown came and then she was constantly with them where she used to have a break that was over and she said listen I am struggling to edit your book in the timeline we discussed and she understands if I want to find somebody else but It will be great if I can give her more time, but it's hard to give me a time when she will be done because of the situation, because we don't know when lockdown will end and when the schools will open. And um, I was very frustrated with that because when? I mean, I wrote for months. I've tried to get everything ready for months and here I give it to you and you're not doing anything. So I had a nice long conversation with her. And uh, then I said, you know what? I'm going to pray about this because I still believe God sent you to me. So mm-hmm. I went for a long run and I love to pray when I'm, I'm running. And I just gave it to God. I said, You know what? You know I don't like waiting. And I know you want to test this waiting thing in me. So I see what you're doing your and <laughs> <little> you're a little. <laughs> <thing. laughs> so please tell me, should I stick with this lady or should I find somebody else? And I heard in my heart that I must stick with her. And when I realized that's what he said, there was such a peace that came over me as I was running. And I just knew that was the answer. I knew I had to stick with her. I don't know why I must wait so long. I still don't know why, but God's timing is something that I've learned over the years that you trust it and you can't get away from it. We've pushed something before. We've tried to immigrate to Australia. What a mess, what a big mess. We lost so much money. The doors was closed, the doors was closed, was not God's timing. And when the Netherlands came over our path, the doors flung open. And it was two months later we were in this country. Just that's how quickly it happens when it's God's timing. Then you don't have to force anything, then you can't stop it. When it's God's timing, you can't stop anything. So I thought, okay, I'm going to test God now. I'm going to tell God, okay, fine. <laughs> you want me to wait for the editor? I will see. I'll see how you flung open doors here because I can't, I can't edit my own book. And this right. is the lady. So, yes, um, a few months later, only like I think nine months later, that was when she could commit. And then the doors swung open. And uh, I don't know why it took so long. All I'm saying is in that nine months when nothing was happening, I painted some of the most beautifulest painting I've ever painted. <laughs> I could commit to painting because there was no working on books at all. And I shifted my creativity and I involved myself so much in a different type of creativity. And in that, I found God in complete different ways. Wow,
0: that's so powerful because I think the frustration that you described is something that so many people, myself included, can identify with because we think it's supposed to happen this way. And it sounds like God got you to a place of release of being able to say, okay, it's not going to happen that way. Yes. I might not like it, but it's not going to happen that way. And let me be free to work on something else to see what else God is up to, because evidently for whatever reason, now is not the right time. And I, I just feel like there's somebody out there that's being blessed by this. It doesn't mean that if things are not falling into place and doors are not open, that you're not supposed to do it. It just may be that it's not the right time. So yeah. be willing to seek God and understand what he wants to do and when he wants to do it, because he knows everything. We know like nothing <laughs> really. <laughs> so he knows the big picture of what needs to happen. And so he's able to look from that vantage point And our vision is so, so, so limited but sometimes we're just not going to understand what God is up to. But fast forward, you had the right person. The testimony that you shared about how she was set free wouldn't have happened if she didn't keep reading and
1: editing Yay. your book. Yes. Yes. So that's what actually cried when I heard that. I thought, oh my, oh my. It was just amazing. It was just amazing. It was, it made a difference to one person and That was made the whole journey worth it. I didn't mind waiting nine months at that stage. I painted, it was lovely, but that made it worth it. So, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: what's great about this, what I'm standing in agreement with you on, is that she will not be the only person that is set free by this book, that adults that maybe didn't have the healthiest of upbringing around this topic will be set free, that kids will be in position to hear from God so that they can learn to recognize his voice and they will understand. God's perspective on their bodies and on sex. So I want to make sure that our listening audience knows how to get their hands on a copy of this book. So what is the best way for them to get their copy of the book and to keep up with what you're doing? Because I know that you're going to be working on some exciting projects, maybe even a podcast
1: of your own. So how can they keep up with you as well? At this moment, the books are on Amazon worldwide. And in South Africa, if you're listening there, it is on take a lot. And it's also on various other online bookstores at the moment. I think it got released just beginning last week. So um, it's available. You just have to Google Birds Bees in the Bible. And obviously, my name is Zalia Dold. And then you will be able to find it. You can check out my website at uh, www.zaliadold.com where I talk about what the book's about, a few blog stories, but I have not been keeping up with that yet. <laughs> I will have to add a few more. And some of my paintings, because I'm very proud of them. So you don't, might not like them, but I love them. They are <laughs> all there for you to see. And you can also follow me on Facebook, um Zaledon Author, where I post some tips I'm actually at this moment posting a little bit about sexual safety tips. One a week that you can slowly start implementing into your children or Instagram as well. Yes, at this moment, that's where I am. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the podcast you're talking about, that's coming. That's the plan. But just like the book, it's a journey that I have to go through now. I don't know what I'm doing. Like when I started writing the book, I think I felt like Noah. You know, God said, "Build the boat, and okay, I don't know how to build a boat. And right. I have to build it in the desert, and I don't have any tools. And in desert, trees doesn't grow. So how am I going to do this? And as I progress and trust God, he provided me what I needed to do exactly what he wanted me to do. So I trust him for the next journey as well. Um, podcasts, what I know about technology is, oh yeah, it's dangerous. You don't want to go there. I'm completely technologically disabled and it's something that kind of put the fear in me (laughs) Mm. and I hate figuring out how a program works. I absolutely dislike it. I just want to paint and write. So when I have to sit in front of an Apple computer, which I didn't even know where to turn on, and then I have to figure out how to copy and paste. And I know that's basics for people, especially Mm. millennials, you know, they get born with an iPad. But not me, it's very hard. So struggling through this technology, I think was what's what's holding me back a little bit. But uh, now with the podcasts that I'm thinking about and working, doing my research, doing a course here, listening to a webinar here, that's what I do to educate myself and move forward. And it's because of that, you have to spend money. Sometimes it's just how it is. And in my case, I had to find a job so that I can spend the money I need to equip myself to what God wanted me to do. And He even provided the job for me. I asked Him, listen, I'm in a country, I can't speak the language. Where am I going to find a job? I'm a teacher. And I got a job at an international school two days a week. I said to God, I'm very specific with my praise. You know, yeah. sometimes yeah. I wonder what He's thinking of me, but I'm very specific. I said, I want something close to home. I want it to be English. I want it to be this and that. And He provided. And for me, it just blows my head back. Wow, God is so personal. And uh, he gave me what I need so I can do what he wants me to do. Mm. And that's quite exciting.
0: <laughs> it is. And that's a huge takeaway for a listening audience To is yeah, be specific with your prayers. What's the harm in asking God for exactly what you want? What's the worst that's going to happen? There, there, there's nothing bad that's going to happen by doing that. You just might be surprised and get exactly what it is that you need. And even the the point that you made about, hey, you know, this was a financial commitment. You know, there's somebody out there that's listening right now that's thinking, well, I don't have the money to do all of this, but you took the step. You were willing to sacrifice and get a job to get the money that you needed to invest in this project because it was that important to you. And yes, sometimes sacrifices will have to be made. Maybe it's getting an extra job. Maybe it's taking on some extra hours at your current job, but it's a calling that you have on your life and you want to make sure that you have been obedient and you have answered the call. And I I appreciate you being here with us and sharing your story. Uh, We're praying with you and standing with you that this message will get out to more people because it is one that they need to hear. Before we wrap up, Zalia, let's talk about that person out there that maybe is feeling a little bit about writing their book like you're feeling about podcasting right now. Like there's all this stuff to figure out. I don't know what I'm doing. Ah, They might be overwhelmed and it may be preventing them from moving forward. What piece of advice would you give to that person to encourage them? And maybe it's something that you also tell yourself to encourage yourself to keep going. What advice would you share with them?
1: In my case, I had to push through my dislikes and my fears i had to sit in front of that computer and figure out this silly program that i don't understand i had to do the research and put in the effort and that is you know it takes from you to do that and it's not nice i know and i i understand it so well but sometimes that's what it takes to actually just go ahead and just do it and push through my writing was easy for me that for me was the smooth sailing part the words came out pouring gushing out I couldn't stop it but to get that in a format to go out into the world was a complete different struggle and brand new information I sometimes had to look at or listen to a webinar or a course or read something five times because it's the first time I ever hear about certain words in in the self-publishing industry I bought a course cost me a lot of money but I was happy to spend that money because what I gained from that information helped me to save money in other areas Mm -hmm. it helped me to not spend my money on other worthless things it's worth it to invest in money wise in certain areas so that you can equip yourself to make the right choices as you go forward and that worked for me